Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. One day I had an idea. I called the boys to the gym divided them up into teams of nine, and gave them an old soccer ball. I showed them two peach baskets I'd nailed up at each end of the gym, and I told them the idea was to throw the ball into the opposing team's peach basket. I blew a whistle, and the first game of basketball began. Ten years later, basketball was being played all over the country. And in 1936, I saw it played for the first time at the Olympic Games. And the whole thing started with a couple of peach baskets I put up in a little gym 48 years ago. I guess it just goes to show what you can do if you have to. That's the voice of Dr. James Naismith from a 1939 radio interview describing the day in 1891 when he invented the game of basketball. It's crazy to think of how basketball has grown here in the States and around the world since its beginnings at that YMCA in Springfield, Massachusetts. What's even wilder is that only about 10 years after Naismith hung those peach baskets and refereed the first game of basketball ever played in 1891, there were already reports of American soldiers spreading the gospel of hoop in Manila and other parts of the Philippines. The history of Philippine basketball goes back more than 100 years. It's a long story, but you need to know it if you want to understand the role basketball and the NBA play in the Philippines today. This is episode two of Hoops Paradise, the Philippines' love of the game, brought to you by iHeartRadio and the NBA. 
Hey, everyone. My name is Cassidy Hubberth. I'm a reporter for ESPN covering the NBA, both on the sidelines and in studio. I'm also half Filipino. My mother is from the Philippines, but I've only been back to the Philippines twice. We're here to learn more about basketball in the Philippines and to help us do that. My partner in crime, Nico Ramos. Hey, that's me. Um, (laughs) I'm here in the Philippines my official job designation is president of Cassidy Hubbard's uh, fan please. club. But also, I'm an editor for Slam in the Philippines and I work for a basketball company full time. That's actually what I do at Titan. We're going to take a deep dive into anything and everything that has to do with basketball in the Philippines. To figure out how basketball became the cultural force that it is today in the Philippines, we have to go way back. First, we need to explain some historical basics about the centuries of first Spanish and then American colonial rule that preceded Philippine independence in 1946. It reminds me of something. I've always wondered about the line that appears in so many of the Philippine travel guidebooks produced here in the States, where it explains the colonial period by saying the Philippines spent 300 years in a convent and 50 years in Hollywood. Look, if you have to boil down the nation's history into a snappy one-liner that you can print onto some guidebooks, you could really do worse. The line does capture something real about the colonial whiplash that Filipinos lived through, beginning with the Spanish period's conversion of the Philippines to a majority Catholic nation, and then giving way to the go-go commercialism of American culture. Of course, those 350 years of colonial history are also filled with stories of Filipino resistance and nation-building that don't come across when we focus solely on which foreign power imposed its rule on the country at a given time, or how Filipinos have adopted parts of Spanish and American, don't forget the Japanese, influence and adapted them over time to create cultural hybrids that exist only in the Philippines. Let's take, for example, something we hold near and dear to our hearts, adobo. Mm. Only taken us two episodes before we brought up adobo. (laughs) Um, It's the unofficial dish of the Philippines. It's a very weird example for us to start with, but, you know, play along with me here. Trust me, you don't have to talk me into adobo. Just throw the chicken and pork in a pot with soy sauce, you know, vinegar, some bay leaves, a whole grip of garlic. Maserat. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's something that we all grew up with, and it's probably something that we all still cook at home. But every few years here in the Philippines, we go through the same public debate about the origins of adobo, which was introduced during the Spanish colonial era, of course. And the sides are always the same, right? One group argues that adobo doesn't deserve its reputation as a national dish because it's not a native recipe. And the other side kind of rolls its eyes and says, you still eat it though, right? One of the country's great writers, the late Nick Joaquin, even wrote about the adobo debate in an essay collection published almost 45 years ago. We've been fighting about this for this long. But here's the quote that really captures his point. If you tell the Pinoy on the street that adobo is but a thin veneer of westernization, the Pinoy may retort that as far as he's concerned, Adobo is as Filipino as his very own guts. And indeed, one could travel the world and nowhere find anything quite like Philippine adobo. 
It's the same for other colonial influences on Philippine culture. Philippine Catholicism is not Spanish Catholicism. Philippine English definitely isn't American English. And Philippine basketball damn sure isn't the American game. The U.S. may have introduced the sport, thank you very much, but we definitely made it our own. And that's where our man, Dr. Lu Antalihao, comes in. When it comes to the early history of Philippine basketball, our expertise only goes so far. We can get things started with the basic timeline, like this. Spain ceded ownership of Las Islas Filipinas to the United States in 1898. At the end of the Spanish-American War, the U.S. actually paid Spain $20 million to purchase the territory. The promotion of sports was an important facet of U.S. colonial rule, and basketball arrived in the Philippines in the early 1900s. American soldiers were the first to spread the game, along with other sports. After the Philippine-American War, they moved to Manila as well to uh, look after uh, some of the, you know, the needs of, of American soldiers. We caught up with Professor Lou Antalihao, the foremost expert on the colonial roots of basketball in the Philippines, to fill in some of the details. So they set up camp in Manila, but then 10 years after, they decided to set up an actual YMCA in Manila to cater to mainly American and and European citizens, young men who live in Manila during that time. So that's how it starts. Basketball was entertainment for Americans and Europeans in Manila, with Filipinos spectating. Filipinos didn't officially get off the sidelines and start hooping until 1910. In 1910, there's this uh, physical uh, education instructor, a YMCA a missionary who was assigned to Manila he was a coach, a basketball coach in the University of Illinois before that. His name uh, is Elwood Brown. And so Elwood Brown formalized, you know, the introduction of basketball in the Philippines. Uh, he organized a YMCA team. And by 1911, hoops had been added to the phys ed curriculum in the new American-run public school system. Here's a twist. In that early guide for teachers, basketball was suggested as an activity for schoolgirls who were considered too delicate for baseball or track and field. In 1924, universities in Manila established their own NCAA and college hoops were an immediate hit as a spectator sport for well-to-do Pinoys in the capital. Uh, that started the popularity of basketball because uh, college students are seen as, you know, educated and, you know, they're the future of the nation. And basketball has like taken on this connotation as a modern sports and therefore part of modernity. And taking part in basketball is uh, it's like taking part of something new, something modern, something exciting. It's not a stretch to say that Filipinos learned to play basketball at a high level before almost every other nation but the United States. And that head start made the national team international powerhouses in that era. In a few years after that, they dominated, you know, the, the local uh, competitions. From 1913 to 1934, the Philippines won gold, gold at nine of the first 10 basketball tournaments at a biannual regional competition called the Far Eastern Championship Games. In 1936, we were among the nations to participate in the first Olympic basketball tournament. And that team went four and one and deserved to medal. 18 years after that, we did just that at the 1954 FIBA World Championships. A team led by Carlos Caloy, the big difference Loizaga, 
still considered by some, including myself, to be the greatest player in the country's history because of the glory he brought us on the international stage, that team, led by that man, claimed bronze. And that's still the best finish an Asian team has ever achieved at a world-level tournament. And all throughout that half-century of success, the Filipinos' love of the game just kept growing and growing. Basketball is a major cultural force has existed far longer in the Philippines than it did in the States and maybe any other country in the world. It's a global game here and now in 2023, and every year as more and more international players join NBA rosters, it becomes clear that the rest of the world has caught the bug. But when you go back to the advent of the sport, it really sounds like Filipinos were patient zero for basketball fever. I actually pulled up one of my favorite quotes from an early legend of the Philippine game. It's from an article, well, look at me citing my sources, yes. published in 1933 and written by Ambrosio Padilla, who would go on to be captain of the 1936 Olympic team and then serve in the Philippine Senate after his playing career. By the way, way to overachieve. Seriously. Though. He says, if you want to know where little Pedro is at the sizzling hour of two in the afternoon, amble to the nearest basketball court and there you will find him, judiciously throwing a bouncing ball into a hoop. The ambition of every healthy boy now is to be a basketball player. His hero is no longer the baseballer, but the basketballer. How is anyone supposed to judiciously shoot jump shots? Like, what does that even mean? Was little Pedro also practicing sensible layups and prudent crossovers out there? Like, who's got the most judicious shot in the NBA right now? First of all, if your crossover is prudent, it's not working. Maybe, I think that's why I never made it. I think my crossover was too prudent. It was too respectful right. out there. But seriously, it is amazing to think that basketball was already a major force in Philippine life with heated college tournaments and thriving semi-pro commercial leagues and a national team preparing to make its debut on the Olympic stage all the way back to Padilla's day. I mean, 1933? That's more than a decade before the NBA had its first season. It's like when you look at the phenomenon of Philippine basketball from the perspective of little Pedro or any Pinoy growing up surrounded by this ubiquitous, seemingly limitless love for the game, there's nothing really surprising or mysterious about the country's passion. Sure, in 2023, the Philippine national team is no longer competing for medals at the Olympics and World Championships, and the country has never produced a homegrown NBA player. But Filipino sports heroes have been basketball players since before Americans had NBA players to look up to. The little Pedro of today has grown up with hoop dreams passed down to him from his parents, grandparents, and probably even great-grandparents. That's generations of neighborhood tournament rivalries, generations of rooting for the family's favored college and PBA teams, generations of stories passed down about the greatness of local legends with names like Kaloy Loizaga, Ramon Fernandez, Alan Kadic, and Samboy Lim. One could travel the world and nowhere find anything quite like Philippine basketball. After the break, it's time for our Tagalog lesson and a quick debate over the origins of the sidestep. Uh, I think you meant Eurostep. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, 
think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Cass, it's time for this week's Tagalog lesson. Are you ready? Game na. I see you've come prepared. All right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let's start with this. Upo sa ere. Say that back to me. Upo sa ere. Upo sa ere. Upo sa ere. I think I got it. But uh, what are you talking about exactly? Well, you got it. You got it really well. You're really getting good at this. Uh, <laughs> that one's a little old school. Probably the sort of thing your uncle might say while watching a PBA game. It literally means sit upo in the air. Sa ere, air, ere. But roughly, you know, it means hang time. And it describes a type of move that made household names out of players who were gifted enough to do it. 
basically, the, the, the players were the Dr. J's and Michael Jordan's and Dominique Wilkins's of Philippine basketball in the 80s and 90s. Aggressive, athletic wings whose bread and butter on the court was attacking the rim and thrilling crowds with creative finishes above the rim. Only the PBA versions of those NBA icons weren't between 6'6 and 6'8 like their American counterparts. They were more like 6'1 or 6'3 on a really good day. And, you know, players like Samboy Lim, Bong Alvarez, and Vergel Meneses would elevate a step or two inside the free throw line, float through traffic as if they were sitting on a cloud, and then flip gorgeous layups through the net under and around the outstretched arms of defenders. Hence the term, Upo Saere. Here, see for yourself. Here's Samboy Lim. Starts flying! The worst thing to do is to foul him in open court because you know he's going to take it strong and somebody again gets another opportunity for a three-point play. The Skywalker. And I understand why. Smooth with it. Nice hang time. Using the glass. Also with the crossover and the gather. Ooh! The misdirection and absolutely adjusting in the air. I'm impressed. The fact, too, that his skywalking is different from, like, NBA skywalking, where, you know, in the NBA, it's going up, 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 up. Him, he kind of just goes slightly up, but then he kind of just stays there for a while, I think is why he's so special. Yes! All right, roll the tape on my man, Vergel Meneses. Let's do it. Vergel Meneses, get away! A little up and under action on the double rim. Right? Yeah, the double rim in a pro league. He's quick. By, by the way, can can I uh, can I give a shout out to Ariel Voyager as a as a nickname? It sounds really cool. It does. Ariel Voyager. Right. It translates to someone who's ridden a plane. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I was actually thinking like a spaceship. Like it was, it was giving me Star Wars vibes, and I was like, this guy is, you know. Darth Vader coming for you. No, he's sturdy. Yeah, he's a he's a strong dude. Oh, with the fake out. He was very nimble. You can go around the world and not find this many highlight layups on a mixtape. Oh, but we got a dunk. We've mastered the layup, but yeah, he can <laughs> yes, you like... mastered the layup. I mean, Nico, watching NBA basketball is a big part of my job. I, mean, I watch 30 games per week at minimum all played at the highest level of the pro game. And, you know, I just saw PBA guards finishing at the rim with enough style and skill to impress John Morant. Like, I get that we don't see many drives like those in the NBA because players in the league generally finish above the rim. But all those spins and up and unders and kisses off the glass, it's like something out of, like, an alternative universe. Yeah, the, the jelly started here. The jelly started here. Uh, for all intents and purposes, guys like Samboy and Verhel grew up in a parallel basketball universe to the NBA guards of their era. They didn't have access to hours and hours of game tape to study, you know, the moves of Dr. J or David Thompson or George Gervin. The stars of the PBA had plenty of their own hang time to work with, and they created their own language of acrobatic finishes, moves that had a lot in common with the NBA style, but also included flourishes that an American pro might have never seen in his entire career. Now, are you ready for the move that Philippine big men developed in their parallel universe? It's not quite as glamorous as Umopo Saere, but we call it 
the Kili Kili shot. Wait, why does that sound so familiar? Well, if your mom ever tickled you as a kid, she probably went for your Kili Kili. <laughs> uh, that means underarm. So the Kili Kili shot in Philippine basketball literally refers to a low post move called the underarm shot. Watch this. What, what do we got here? What? That looks like a mistake. <laughs> He's literally tossing up an underhand layup almost from his knees. For everybody who's listening, what happens is you're posting up, right? And then when you turn, your defender has his hands up. You take the ball, you kind of squeeze it into his armpit area, like by his side, under his arm, and you just kind of like flick it from there. There's no way an armpit is going to block a shot. <laughs> Super easy. Super easy. From up- if I get it near his palm, he can block it. Yeah. But if I squeeze it through, like uh-huh. right beside, right right millimeters, like under his armpit, that's yeah, that's great offense. Up and under the armpit. Yeah. That just that looks like some sort of like b- ballet move. Um, yeah. That's uh, a I graceful. Get, I, I, I think it's like the opposite of graceful, but also <laughs> it goes in. So two points is two points. Uh, I'm Crafty? for it. Crafty. There it is. Crafty. That was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what that was, but Crafty sounds about right. That's his shot too. That's his shot. That's Ian Sangalang. That's the one I've covered since he was in college. Like he's been making that shot. Like he, hey. like his livelihood is that shot. If, if it works, it works. I mean, it definitely wasn't pretty. How did he even create an angle for that shot while scooping it under his defender's armpit? The armpit is the key. The <laughs> armpit is the key. If the defender didn't extend his armpit to be exposed like that, there wouldn't have been an angle for the shot. Yeah, PBA big men kind of got the short end of the basketball multiverse stick <laughs> compared to the <laughs> slashing, levitating, floating, aerial voyaging guards. But don't be fooled. It takes a lot of guile and skill to execute such an awkward move in games. And in terms of the game inside the game and players seeking a mental edge over their opponents, just imagine how a defender feels giving up two points and usually end one on an <laughs> ugly underhand flip that tickles his armpit hair. <laughs> the humiliation alone might take his head out of the game. Yo, I'd be picking up flagrant fouls after two buckets. That's a fact. I don't doubt it. I don't <laughs> doubt it. The reason we're highlighting terms like oposere and the kilikili shot is to show how sheer physical distance between the Philippines and North America created the conditions for Filipinos to develop a unique homegrown style of play that, like the nation's love of the game, was unlike anything else in the world. But you know what they say. Life finds a way, and over time, despite huge geographic and technological barriers, the Philippines and its white-hot basketball culture were destined to come in contact with the best league in the world. And Nico, now isn't there some story about how a Filipino might have inspired the Skyhook? Skyhook up and good! I mean, yeah, there is, but, you know, it always seemed like kind of more of a tall tale rather than a clear example of Philippine basketball and the NBA influencing each other. But here's the story anyway. So Kurt Backman, a big man who played for the Philippine national team in the 1960s, he was known as Mr. Hookshot. And a rumor went around that a young Lou Cinder, before he famously changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
had observed Bachman working on his go-to move when Team Philippines held training camp at UCLA before heading to an international competition. Some folks speculated that the sight of Bachman draining hook shots convinced young Kareem to perfect the sky hook. Hmm. I mean, imagine if that were true. A Pinoy planting the seed that Kareem cultivated into the most unstoppable scoring weapon in basketball history. It would be the ultimate feather in our hoops loving nation's cap. Uh huh. But if it sounds too good to be true, that's because it probably is. Kareem never confirmed the story and Bachman was far from the only player with a hook shot in his bag back then. This one never quite passed the smell test. And by the way, if this even had an ounce of truth in it, trust that we would have been telling this story over and over and over and over again at every chance we get. But there is another move though, one that's far more common in today's NBA than Kareem Skyhook. That was a staple of Philippine basketball long before it showed up on US turf. We call it the sidestep. But in the league and around the world, it's called the Euro step. Down court, Ginobili on the side court. Ginobili, Euro step. Up and in. The Euro. Are we really about to try and swipe credit on that one from Manu Ginobili, the man who's so beloved in NBA and international hoop circles that he's practically up for sainthood? No, 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 no. Praise Manu. This is a Manu-loving podcast. I didn't mean to say that Filipinos are responsible for bringing the Eurostep to the NBA. If we did it, it would be known by its correct name, or at least its local name, the sidestep. But I, along with countless other Philippine basketball lovers, swear to the high heavens that Pinoy guards have been executing that same herky-jerky horizontal footwork to shake defenders off and set up wide-open layups for decades. Manu popularized the move in the NBA, but we've been sidestepping for as long as any other basketball nation in the world. And then the sidestep move by Scotty Thompson. I'm sure there are other places and other players that say they were doing it before Manu did it. And if sidestep specialist Elmer Reyes had turned pro in the NBA in 1985 instead of the PBA, then NBA players might have adopted the move 15 years before Manu brought his electric game to the States. All right, I'm convinced. But I still think we could use a second opinion on this one. And fortunately, Sev Sarmenta, the beloved Philippine sports broadcaster who's been among the nation's top play-by-play announcers for the past 40 years, is here to walk us through the Philippines' claim over the sidestep's origin story. Elmer Reyes makes another suicidal drive, deftly eluding Alvin Patrimonio. Sev told us about the first players he noticed doing the Eurostep, even before Elmer Reyes. I do distinctly remember watching a player named Danny Florencio, uh, mm. who played in the old UAAP against the legend Sonny Jaworski. They had great UEUSD battles. And I distinctly remember, because I wanted to play like Danny Florencio, he had such a move, which is probably a uh, forerunner of the Euro as we know it today. There's also the possibility, and I'm sure this, that Sonny Jaworski had his own version of the Euro. But back then, and even the play-by-play announcers back then, even from 
Willie Hernandez, Dickel Defonso, Jack Garcia. They called it the sidestep because it looked like you were doing a sidestep instead of moving forward. Then, as you mentioned, Elmer Reyes brought it to a fine art and everybody thought it was traveling, actually. Speaking of name discrepancies, Sev explained how Elmer Reyes's sidestep move came to be referred to as his Marco Polo move by PBA announcers. The late Pingoy Pengson loved to coin phrases, and he would probably watch a ton of NBA games, and he, he was a wordsmith by his own legend. You know? He had worked in advertising, he was a DJ, and he loved to coin these phrases. He, of course, coined uh, cardiac finish and all those other great terms. He felt that it was not in direct reference to the move of Elmer Reyes. He felt that all mm. traveling violations were Marco Polo moves. It's not one of his best lines, actually. But the Marco Polo move was because Marco Polo was a traveler, and therefore all traveling violations were a Marco Polo move. It was not specific to Elmer Reyes's move. Everybody thought that Elmer's move was traveling. Even I thought it was traveling until people got used to it because he did not change his pivot foot. Call it what you want, but it's interesting how the PBA and the NBA developed in parallel, separated by the Pacific. You've got that uniquely crafty PBA style with their underarm shots, floating layups, and an occasional questionable elbow. Stelter, Stelter, wild and woolly, open court basketball. But you also see familiar moves like the Euro step or the hook shot. Historically, when NBA games were less accessible in the Philippines, it was challenging for the leagues to influence one another, which is how we're still able to debate the origins of the sidestep. But nowadays, it's a different story. NBA has influenced the PBA, no question about it, because one, not especially nowadays, the game is everywhere. We see it in the morning, we see it in the evening, we see it on our devices. Green, oh! Filipino players or Filipino fans love the dunk. We cannot Hmm. dunk because of our size, our height and everything, (laughs) but we can definitely do uh, the crossover dribble between the legs. We can do our own version of LeBron and Michael Jordan. We can dribble between the legs, make blind or behind the back passes. Oh, what a pass. That is an unbelievable pass. Our coaches also adopt the NBA place. The language they use there. Let's use the elevator. There's the elevator doors right there. And Curry, it took two screens to free him up. We see that with the Warriors, of course. Then there's the uh, ball movement of San Antonio. Almost every PBA coach has some version of the uh, uh, motion offense. And there's the triangle offense, which Tim Cohen has mastered and has made certain adjustments has tinkered with it has made his own derivations don't worry we'll hear more about that from the legendary coach tim cohen after the break before we go though cassidy do you remember uh betamax tapes are you talking about like the precursor to vhs tapes what is this 1975 Thanks to Sony's revolutionary Betamax deck, which hooks up to any TV set, now you can automatically videotape your favorite show even when you're not home and watch it anytime you want. No, not that far back. We're going back to the 90s. We're talking pre-internet Manila. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have... And you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings. 
an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. I always tell our guys, a quote I learned from Bill Jackson, he goes, I'm all about moving forward. If it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, great. But I'm all about moving forward. And that's one of his, his quotes that I took from him. And when I learned that as a coach, that's the one that really moved me up to another level. I'm not even going to pretend to play it cool on this one, Cassidy. I'm straight up giddy. Almost jealous, even, that you get to hear Coach Tim Cohen's story for the first time. I don't know if there's a better or more mind-blowing example of the NBA touching Philippine basketball from afar. I've known Coach Tim for years now and consider him a great friend. And even though he's an American by birth, his basketball life has almost entirely been shaped and has taken place in the Philippines. You see... His family moved to the country from Oregon when he was just nine years old, and he learned the game first as a high school player and then as a coach on this side of the Pacific. 
The setup for his story is that back in the early 90s, when he was at the beginning of his PBA coaching career, a young Tim Cohn went looking for an offense that would fit the way he wanted his team to play. He found what he was looking for in the dominant NBA force of that era. MJ, Phil Jackson, and your Chicago Bulls. And the inspiration he took from that team set him on a path to becoming the winningest head coach in PBA history with more championships on his resume than anyone else who's ever walked the sidelines on a PBA court. Hold up. Say less and save some for Coach Tim. I was a a defensive-minded guy, and so I was really searching for an offense. And, uh, you know, I tried uh, a Bobby Knight uh, type of motion, and I tried doing sets, and there was just nothing that really appealed to me. And I was really looking for something different. And I just happened to be watching the Bulls off that feed, that that military feed, and uh, they were the popular team, you know, because Michael had just started there. Phil Jackson had come, Tex Winter was there, and they were starting to run the triangle. And at that time, no one was really putting a name to what they were running. And it was just like an epiphany for me. I I saw it, and it was just something there that I really liked. And I I say now, but it was at a time at that point where I just felt like the Bulls were doing something different. The Bulls were like dancing, and everybody else was playing basketball, but, but the Bulls were so coordinated you know, they just looked like they were dancing out there. And it just appealed to me. And so I started to break it down. I recorded it and I broke it down, fast forward, rewind, trying to find uh, the different passes they were making, the patterns they were doing. And uh, eventually I just started to learn the system and I started to incorporate it with what we were doing here in my own team in the PBA. Ironically, that year that I tried to implement the triangle without really knowing it, was the worst year in the history of our team. And I almost got fired. In fact, I probably got fired for like 10 minutes and then I got rehired. But uh, the following year, we had our best year. And then the following year after that, we started winning championships with it. And uh, I guess that's, that's where it all started was right there. Coach Tim has probably told me that story a dozen times. I've probably asked for that story all dozen of those times because every time it feels like a revelation, a tale of basketball devotion and ingenuity and cultural exchange that probably couldn't happen anywhere else but here in the Philippines. Well, it's ingrained, I think, from the cradle. It really is. It's hard to understand that, but it's been ingrained to when you're in the cradle, there's a basketball. Someone puts a basketball in your cradle and you sleep with that basketball and you grow up. And when you're growing up and you're a little kid, your your parents are watching the TV and they are jumping and joy and you're wondering what the heck is going on. So you get interested and you start watching and before you know it, you are jumping and joy for joy. And then you're having your kids and your kids are going through that same process. And it's been a generational. It really has been generational. It's long before me. It's really, it's, it's in a way, it's sad, but in, in, you know, but for the basketball people, it's exciting. It's the only game in town. We don't really have spectator sports. We don't have baseball as a spectator sport. We don't have obviously American football. We don't have soccer uh, as a spectator as a true spectator sport. About the only thing that we really have is boxing through many Pacquiao. And we have, uh, you know, women's volleyball, which is which is really amazing. 
you know, I walk the streets and, you know, literally everybody knows me because I'm on primetime TV three or four times a week, you know, and uh, and they're all watching the games. And, you know, I always kid Spo that he's, of course, referring to coach Eric Spolstra of the Miami Heat. I coached a game of 54,000 people watched a game. Uh, we were at the Philippine Arena uh, playing, I guess, our rival at the time, Moralco. And we went to the Philippine Arena and played a game six where we had 52,000 people. And then we went and played game seven and had 54,000 people watching games. Uh, imagine that, 54,000 people watching a basketball game. I mean, the regular U.S. You know, arena, NBA arena, it's like, you know, 20, 25, 23. You know, this was 53,000 people. So it's just ingrained in the everyday life. I remember growing up here and we always used to talk about you know, there's religion, uh, there's politics, and there's basketball. And those are the three things you talk about in the Philippines. Talking to Coach Tim was also a great way for us to dip our toes into the PBA because starting with episode three, we're diving headfirst into stories about the former NBA players who have come to Manila and found basketball second lives as high-scoring imports. I see they talk to the coach who's in the front front of the bus. He gets out and he talks to them and then he, he sends word. He says, Andy, Rob, come out. My heart drops. I think I'm going to get kidnapped and held for ransom. Sometimes imports would lie about their heights and Kinito would um, just uh, clarify and uh, uh, crystallize what was really the truth. It was definitely the, the roughest, tumblest, dirtiest form of basketball I've ever played in. So my first year, uh, you know, I got cut a lot because I, I never backed down from putting my face right there. And I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to get my face out of the way and still get the job done. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.